Adrian, all right? But when anything that you see that's profitable, anything they see of God doing it, that is Jesus Christ. And I thank God. What a great crowd on this Monday evening. I'm so grateful. I understand Revival Week is a busy week. I know that some of you may have just got a quick bite to eat and then maybe took a quick shower, even if you have time, and made your way here to the house of the Lord. And I pray that the Lord will bless you for that. I'm sure he will if you come with an open heart. You know, I think of it as Pastor was making his opening comments. One of my favorite songs is, He's Still Working on Me. And the Lord continues to working on me. I know he has a project on his hands. He got some contractors trying to do everything he can to get Adrian all where he ought to be. I thank the Lord. He's so gracious to us. Appreciate those that are guests and stuff that have visited. And uh, I didn't know if y'all even knew the connection between the Schulers and our home church. Maybe he told y'all about that. But uh, even my mom, I was telling her about it. I sent her a text message. She said, that, that's Mr. and Mrs. Schuler. And she got to talking and, and she got to even talking about Miss Schuler always has a kind thing to say. I can wear the ugliest dress. She still tell me it looks nice, you know. And uh, just very much just how the Lord connects and different things as well. And uh, let's see. I I hate to embarrass you, but you're sitting right there. But Andrew and Hope is great that y'all came out. Uh, y'all, the Leavenworth area, right? That, that, the, the city there from up there. Uh, their, your older sister and younger brother went to college together. Uh, they're at Pensacola Christian College. And there. And then since then, she was in Honolulu. Then back here, where she works to work over there. And honestly, I don't know your new last name, Hope. Uh, but uh, anyhow, well, her father's a pastor in South Carolina. And been down there to preach there in South Carolina. Great work. Thank you all for making your way out. And all the guests that have come, thank you so much. You know, we're here to hear from the Lord and I pray, I prayed about what God would have us look at. Appreciate the opportunity to be in your Christian school. It reminds me a lot of the times of my Christian school and our chapels and I hope you're praying for us as we are there. We don't want to check off boxes, my friend, to say that we are in a place. I want God to meet with us wherever it is. I try to preach every time that I preach. It'll be the last time And if I stand before God after that last time of preaching, I want to say I left it all in the court. You know, Lord, I gave it all. And I pray to his grace, his strength, that I'll become prayed up, ready to go, wherever the opportunity arises. Now, let's take your Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Peter. I'm going to remind you of this because this is a sobering message. However, I want to remind us of something. I told you in the beginning, I come from a bias, a strong bias. I believe the Bible, okay? I believe the Bible, even when the Bible is countercultural to what I think, even to what I feel. Even though if it doesn't even seem to make logistical sense, and I can't even put the dots together, I believe the Bible. You know, it's one thing to say it, but now we're getting ready to talk about something where it's not going to make it, it's not going to, you might not find a happy little home at first, but I want you to understand something in this past that I believe is so important and how can we say this, is we've been answering questions. And now the question now comes is, how on earth do we reconcile inside of our mind? What should be a Christian's response to the climate of our country right now? Listen very carefully. As we go through here, I am not really. I, 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 yes, my hobbies are, I don't hunt, I don't fish, I don't golf. 
but I love tech. <laughs> and I love all things tech. Your Nebraska Furniture Mart, the electronic section, I stayed there for hours the other day. I love tech. One thing I do not necessarily care for, yet I'm involved in it anyway, just out of necessity, is the issue of things of politics. I, you know, I watch the news. In fact, <laughs> I'll think about it. Uh, if it wasn't for her sister over there, I wouldn't even know what's going on in the world. I read her blog, <laughs> and I, I trust what she says, <laughs> and so I read what she says, and the, really the only reason I even know halfway what's going on inside of this world. You know, but, you know, in the last six to seven years, though, even casual people, it's been quite entertaining, if that's not a good word for it, but quite interesting as far as what takes place in the news cycle. Many of you probably, if you hadn't paid big money on Black Friday for your 50-inch TV, would have probably punched it by now many times over the last 10 years or so. Maybe you've thrown a shoe or different things of things maybe you are not comfortable with, and this is not a political thing that we're even going to go into. However, frustration sometimes is caused. Now, the thing is, what exactly do you find then the Christian's response? We've got to be ready for this because we want to hear what the Bible has to say. Before we read this passage, I never just want to parachute in the middle of a text and just read what's going on. To understand this passage, you got to understand the story about a man. Well, I'm going to start back when he was a child. He was eight years old. And his mother actually poisoned his stepfather and killed him using mushrooms. He saw that and knew his mother had committed that crime. And uh, his mother was never punished for killing his stepfather. He didn't really care. He was a very hardened young man. He was not close to his stepfather at all. And uh, as he continued to get older, in fact, when he was a teenager, there was a kid that literally was bullying him. He would get in his path every time he'd get ready to go to school. And the kid actually, the teenager, killed the other teenager on his way to school. Because of his position in the society, he was never punished for what he had done. He committed murder as a teenager and was never punished. In fact, he continued to get older as he got older. Um, he was not a very attractive man as far as just physically, he didn't really take care of himself. But however, he, he got a wife, and as he married the wife, he, got, he grew tired of her after a couple of years and literally had her killed by another, another person killed her. He married another wife. After he married another wife, he walked out and he saw another man who had a prettier wife than he. He went out, had that man killed. Then took his wife, did not want two wives, then had his current wife killed, and then married her. As this man got older, after these marriages he had went through, he grew tired of his mother. His mother annoyed him, as, as, as what he says. And he poisoned her the same way that his father, yeah, he poisoned his stepfather. But the man was an animal. The man was ruthless, mean. And cruel. Had a distaste for Christians and Christianity as a whole. His name was Nero. He is the ruler during the time I'm getting ready to read to you right now. You, you talk about political scandals. You talk about the news. 
You talk about waking up the next morning and knowing that the authority's wife has just died in suspicious circumstances and you know with inside of you that he is responsible for killing his own wife and still there has not been any punishment for what he has done, not just to the first wife and the second wife, but even as a teenager. Yet he's the ruler. This letter is written to the early church. And as it's written to this early church that was during this time, Peter writes to this early church and he tells them something that is hard. First Peter chapter number 2, let's read in verse number 11. It says this, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as a servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God. Honor the king. Do you imagine? Corruption that deep. And this is your instruction. Let's pray. Father in heaven, but we're going to trust you. Even when it goes against what we think should be right and wrong. Lord, we're going to, Lord, I pray as you look at the word, I pray, Lord, that I do any harm to the text. If anything that I say would do so, take those thoughts from my mind. Lord, bring thoughts to bring clarity to what, your, what the word says here in Peter. I pray, Lord, that you just use, Lord, the time that we have together. I pray, Lord, that you empty me of myself and fill me with thy spirit. Lord, I do not ask you help me. I, I do not want you to assist me. I, I don't want you inside me. I pray you take over. I pray, Lord, you would be in control. Lord, as much as part of me that's not, Lord, submit it to thee, even though I believe what I'd ask, I'd sought your face. But there's still a part of me that's not submitted. I pray, Lord, that you would bless your word in spite of me. Use your word to speak to us. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for all that you will do. In Christ, let me certainly pray it all. Amen. As we look here, I do want us to be clear. I'm going to make a couple of preface statements about this. Because I believe if you take from the early church their playbook of something they did that turned the world upside down. Is they had a weapon they used and the weapon was called submission. Submission is not weakness. Submission is not something that is for the faint of heart. In fact, it takes a new level and a higher standard of Christianity even to understand the importance because it's solely based upon faith and trusting that you're going to obey God rather than me. 
And as you look here in this passage, I want to make the private statement of saying this. I am going to preach to you the principle of submission. The principle of it. I am not going to tell you how it is to be implemented in every single area of your life. I am not the Holy Spirit of God with inside of you. But I can teach by the grace of God the principle of what is being taught here in submission. In submission, definition, Agent Rogers' best definition I have heard, credit to him, is this two equals but one equal places himself under another equal for the glory of God you have two equals not one's better than the other two equals but one of them will place himself under another not because it's convenient it's for the glory of God if you look at the early church's playbook and when they sat down he tell them here is how you respond to a corrupt government Look what it says in verse number 15. For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Isn't that the desire of so many? Put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. The foolishness that is taking place in our world. The foolishness and the talk and things of, that are against God, that are against the Bible, that are against so even sensibility and sometimes that we can even argue. However it is, how do you put to silence? Let's read what the verse does not say. For so is the will of God that with mean bumper stickers you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. For so is the will of God with hateful means on Facebook. You're going to so then you're going to see that you're going to put to silence the ignorance of foolish men by complaining about our country around the water cooler and bringing down every known thing that we can figure out and trash talk this and trash talk that will then bring to silence. He says no, with well doing you will put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Submit. You look at the us. You see, the first perspective is a corrupt government. You say, Adrian, it seems that I don't have authority. Let me tell you that authority and submission in their relationship. You know, um, I sometimes talk to dads. They said, Adrian, I, you know, I try to leave my home, I'm trying to do what's right, and I'm trying to do certain things, and as I'm trying to do what's right, it seems that I can't get my family, they, my wife won't submit to me, she won't submit to me, and, and uh, my kids, they won't submit to me, and mom says, I can't get my kids to submit to me, uh, they, 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 they don't want to listen to my authority, L- listen, listen close, listen close, you know the number one way to forfeit your authority is to stop submitting to the authority that you have inside of your life, because every single one of us have an authority inside of our life, Saul was riding high and doing well until one day, he rebelled against the authority that was placed in his life. As soon as he go in against that authority, he lost his authority. They, he had a name. He was King Saul. But every person in the house who works for anybody can say, you can have a name on an office door and you can have a name on the front desk. But that doesn't mean you have authority. It means you have a title. <laughs> it just means that we have to say what you have to say because you're gonna. we have to answer to you. But do you know how it is you maintain that authority as some to the authority you have. See, here's how it happens. See, Dad, you know how it happens is as, as we are here, the reason that maybe my wife doesn't submit to me because I might not be submitting to God and I've lost my authority. You know, maybe the kids don't listen to you, Mom, be, be, not, not, not because, oh, they're just so horrible. Maybe if I'm not submitting to God, then I don't have that authority to then go to them. And yes, you are by title. Yes, biblically, you got the passages to back up. They ought to hear you and they ought to listen to you. But your authority is gone. As you look at this, look at, do you know Jesus? This was in Luke chapter number 7. Remember the story about the, the, the centurion? And as you look at the centurion's servant, 
He said something to Jesus that Jesus said, I marvel at, I marvel that you said this. What he did is he wanted the servant to be healed. And as he wanted the servant then to be healed, he came out to him. And then they, he healed, the, as he was getting ready to heal the servant, he says to Jesus, he says, I am a guy like you. I also have people who work under me. And you say, why is that so important? Because this centurion man heard Jesus say so many times over and over, I am here to do the will of my father. I am here to do the will of my father. He submitted to the authority of his father even when he himself was all powerful. Jesus submitted to the will of his father. Now we look at ourselves. Oh, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's on top of me. I'm my own man. I'm my own person. When you become that way, you forfeit the authority you have in your life. If you have no authority in your homes because you have, you're not submitting somewhere else. Now you say, Adrian, what happens then when authority tells me to do things that are wrong? What, what happens then when the country says? And listen to me. I told you, like I said, I'm not going to tell you to preach the principle. But I will answer this one question because it seems so obvious. The question that comes to your mind when we talk about submission of what exactly to do when it is they ask me to do something that is wrong. And here's what he says here. Now, remember, in the book of Acts, you have the example. Remember, they came down and they said to them, they said, uh, we ought to obey God rather than men. Now, yes, we quote that verse and that's right. But listen to me. Don't you forget the rest of that story. After they obeyed God, guess what happened? They got beat. <laughs> after they obeyed God, they got arrested. You see, after they did what God said, they went ahead, took them hands, and said, go ahead and handcuff us. And they took them to jail. After they took them to jail, they got beat. They left, and they praised God for the sake they got a beaten. Now, we like the fact of, oh, yeah, we ought to obey God rather than men. But they were willing to take and pay the price that went with taking a stand for God. I'm not saying that we don't submit. I'm not saying that we just go with whatever. I am saying, though, clearly, the disciples, if you're going to use them as the example, count at the cost. So it starts off here in this passage about a corrupt government. And if that wasn't as in your business enough, (laughs) he continues to go on. In verse number 18, he says this, servants. Be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently. But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. So he starts with a big, he starts with the government. Then he starts talking about work. Now, Let's go ahead and talk about the lingo here because I know it can be offensive, all right? Servants, be subject to your masters, slaves, and different things as far as what's going on in this context, all right? Okay, 90%, I think 70, 90% are the estimates of those are the people who are slaves during this time. However, I understand that that definitely has a bad connotation, understand, as far as in our context. However, during the Roman context, yes, there were the slaves that just would do the, the general labor job. But however, you had a doctor slave, a lawyer slave, a clean your shoe slave. I mean, the terminology was so broad, you know what I'm saying, as far 
far as everybody being a slave. So, so like I said, with 90% of the population nearly being that which a slave, understand that many people as they were there coming in, it was almost like an employee-employer type relationship. And I don't want to take that out of context, but pretty much this is what we are looking at. However, when you do add extra historical accounts to this, this is the time historically of Plato and Aristotle and all these guys. Aristotle writes about servants during this time. And here is what he says about servants and the way they were treated during this time. He said that then you walked up to a post and a master would look and he would see a servant and a rake. He said the only difference that he would see between a man servant and a rake is that the rake doesn't breathe and the servant does breathe. People are just instruments and tools. It was horrible the way they were treated. I mean, this, this, we're, not, we're talking beyond just getting passed up for a promotion, baby. We're talking about more than just a little ha-ha-ha, you went to church on Monday night. I mean, these people were treated like animals. And as they were, what he says then is he says, servants, he says, be subject to your own masters. And listen how he says, he says, not only to the good and gentle, I'm not talking about the good and gentle. Well, what about the one, the forward one? What about the obnoxious one? What about the one who doesn't care about your God? What about the one who doesn't care about what you stand for? Say, yeah, you hear that, then you take it patiently. Now, this is hard. Could you imagine... Get there to church, you're sitting down, as you're sitting down there, you just got there by your wife and your kids, hey honey, hey guys, you know, you're sitting down in church and you're listening, because man, this is the early church, man, Christ is, man, you just, you're just excited, man, the resurrected Christ, you're going to tell everybody about him, and as you're sitting there, you're listening to be like, I am supposed to submit to the idiot Nero? Then to hear, the boss who just treated me like garbage, I'm supposed to go back to work tomorrow? put a smile on my face when he insulted me, my family, my God. It says, continues. It says, for even here unto where you call, verse 21, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps, who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own shall bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. As you sit there, sir, and I understand, I'm the one to put my arm around you and sympathize and say I'm so sorry I wish these things wouldn't happen I wish we didn't live in a world where you could try to stand up for Christ and there's many times such opposition however remember our Savior remember our Savior just didn't have a picnic on that cross remember our Savior when he was reviled reviled not again remember as he hung on that cross and died for our sin he never threatened see, see that, that, maybe I'm just talking to me but that, that's, that's me baby you know, because for me, it's like, okay, fine, I'll take this ugly stuff you're going to take from me, and you're going to go ahead and be all mean to me as a Christian. But it's easy to do these little snide remarks of, mm-mm-mm, keep on treating me like that. You wait till the end of the world, <laughs> you know. You wait till Jesus comes back. He's going to take care of all you knucklehead. I tell you what, you might not, I might not be getting my reward here, but I'm getting my reward there. Listen, he didn't even threaten. Could you imagine Jesus on the cross? Keep on beating me like that. You wait till the bottom of Armageddon. I'm going to pull a sword out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm going to kill all of you. I mean, he could have threatened. But he had all power. He said nothing. Nothing. 
oh, I just got to vent. I got to go on Facebook. I got to just vent. I just had so much. Do what? I, I, I just got to. I just, oh, I'm just so angry. I'm just so mad. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to let everybody know that this is ridiculous. You're stupid. It does and this and this and this. He says, listen. Remember your example. Not only does he talk about a corrupt government, then he keeps on going and talks about a corrupt master. Somebody, a job or the boss you have. But lastly, he keeps on going. As if it's not personal enough. And in chapter 3, verse 1, what does he say? Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husband. That if any obey not the word, <laughs> they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Now before the men think they off the hook, that same likewise that's in verse number 1, it's the same likewise in verse number 7. Says likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together the grace of God that your grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. So you have people sitting down there who just mad at the government, mad at everything. You have people sitting down there who mad at their job, hate the way they're treated. Then you got some people who are there; their spouse ain't there. Their spouse don't ever want to come to church. They tried. They still won't come. They still won't believe. I am preaching the principle. I am not telling you how the principle in Acts, the Holy Spirit of God, is your teacher. However, he says to the wife, submit to that husband. And by your conversation, your life will be the only Bible he sees. So you better make it good. He tells those husbands, husbands, you're sitting there by yourself. He says, you go home and you dwell with her according to knowledge. I know it can be easy to joke around. Ha, ha, ha. I don't get women. We don't understand a thing about women. No one asks you to get all women. You're supposed to understand your wife. And until you cannot, you're going to sit there and be a student of her until you get a little something to dwell with her according to knowledge. And he tells him, as you sit up in there and you go home, no, she's told you before, she don't want anything to do with God. She's told you before, she doesn't care about the things of Christ. But you're going to go and dwell with her according to knowledge. And if you don't, because your prayers will be hindered. That word hindered is the same word that's used about if your eye offending, pluck it out. If your arm, hand offending, cut it off. He only saying about your prayer life is take your arm and go ahead. Take your prayers. Let's say your arm's in prayer. Go ahead and take this little thing and cut it off. It's exactly what you've done. When you refuse to dwell with them, according to knowledge. Oh, man, he's talked about the government. He's talked about our jobs. Talked about our homes, about this matter of submission. Adrian, this is impossible. <laughs> How on earth is a person to have this much strength and to be able to respond properly in so much opposition? I want you to, I mean, to not tomorrow or tonight, read the whole 1 Peter 2 and verse 3. I'm, I'm going to bounce around, but in verse 14, 
Listen to this verse. Now, again, we're getting ready to read a familiar verse. And what happens is when we read a familiar verse, we usually already have it in our head of what it means because we are in a familiar verse. I want you to block out all of that in your mind. And I want you to read this verse in the context of what is taking place here of submission because that is the point. Okay, but the verse we're getting ready to read it has to do with apologetics. And that's usually what people use it for, which fine. That has an application itself. But don't forget the main point. Verse 14 says this, but, and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. Be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Here's what he says. Oh, this is. He says, it's going to happen by your good works, by responding properly in submission. You don't knock on their door. They knock on your door. They, and that boss walks up after his wife has been diagnosed with cancer. And that boss walks up. They, how, how is it you come to work every day and I treat you like garbage and you still respect me? How on earth, how, how do you do that? When that wife, for all those many years, have heard the badgering and heard these awful things and being told that she's some type of freak for serving Christ and suddenly God brings that man to his knees and then suddenly goes to a wife and says, you got to help me out with something. He says, this is what, he says, listen, listen, you be ready. You be ready to give an answer. Now, don't you be going there and tying your own horn now. Don't be going and saying, oh, well, well, let me tell you how I was able to do that for all these years and listen to all the crazy things you did. No, 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 with meekness, with fear, be ready to give an answer of the hope that is in you. Be ready till they can understand That there's something bigger than just you inside of there. But there's a God in heaven who can be able to do something that is supernatural in and through you. That the world cannot fake. That the world cannot be able to ever imitate. And it's something. It's the Lord Jesus Christ that gives you wisdom and grace. Anybody can just go through and tear down and be upset and get depressed. Oh, going on, world's come to an end, this, anybody can do that, what about supernatural, that God, I'm going to submit to my authority, I'm going to, I'm not even going to do that, but as you look at even a boss, I'm I'm going to still give my best to that job, and even that, that spouse who doesn't necessarily do things that are deserving, I'm still going to do things that honor them, and as you see this played out, you see that here you have a formula from the playbook of the early church, how they were able to make such a stamp inside of that time. What happened was during those times, there were people who went out to be able to go ahead and inflict persecution upon the early church. There will be men who would kick down houses, who would kill families and do different things. And then there came a point in the church history that the men who were sent to go and go ahead and kill the families, they would walk in and they would see a family curled up in a corner. 
They'd have their swords. Get out of there. What makes you do this? What makes you people give your lives for this Jesus? Is our faith attractive to anybody? Do people even desire the peace we have? Do they even care about the love that exudes from us? So you look at this, I, it expands the application. I, I think of even in a pastoral sense. And there's Pastor Francie, and I probably might speak too much for him, but he's just like you. But God put him as a pastor here. No one didn't say you were not equal. To, but, but hold up, hold up, hold up. God put him here. But I'm smarter. Whatever. God put him here. Two equals, but one puts himself under the other equal for the glory of God. This is why I so salute pastors' wives. You know why? Because it's, it's double for them. It's double. My wife, biblically, has submitted to me. And then she has to submit to me when she hears me preaching. She knows I'm a knucklehead. She knows I'm messed up. And she got to sit there and smile, right? And she's there. she has to submit to me there and here. You see what I'm saying? It's like, it's like a double thing for Miss Francine and her, right? It's like, what, what it is, it's, it's almost like God has asked them to do something very specific because of this matter where it ain't easy to know the pimples and the scars and all the things and still put myself. Because it ain't about me. It's for the glory of God. You know, sometimes what we call strength Sometimes we call pride. I just let my, gotta let it be known, gotta let it be known. Okay, I'm not saying that there's not a time to talk. Like I said, I'm telling you how it's supposed to be implemented in your life. However, I'm just saying that sometimes it can be true that it is more pride than it is the Lord. I say this and I'm done. I, <laughs> it's a matter about finishing. Um, when I was in college, I, I had a car, it had a Honda Accord, and uh, I, um, I told the Lord, I told the Lord, Lord, it's not my car. I give it to you. Whatever you want me to do with it, I'll do with it. And there was a lot of friends that came from different countries to the college I went to. And many of them had licenses or driving licenses inside their country, but not in the United States. And so what I would do is on the weekends is they need to take a driving test and they needed a vehicle to do so. And so I would take them out to like an industrial park or something and I would help them brush up on their skills. So, so then I would take them over to take the driving test. And so, you know, trying to help them out. And there are some that didn't even know how to drive. And I taught them how to drive there in that industrial park. I remember I was sitting there in the car with one person. They had gotten word that Adrian, hey, this guy, Adrian, he helped out different things. And so I, it was one person. She wasn't even from another country. She was American. And, and she sat down in the car. And I said, all right. Her name was Ray. I said, Ray, all right. Um, and she said, all right, which one's the gas and which one's the brake? I said, oh, no. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that we were starting from that scratch, you know. I, well, um, do you know which one I showed her the most? The brake. The brake. You can recover from a lot. 
as long as you know where the break is. <laughs> you know, it's so true in our life. We know where the gas is, don't we? We know how to let people know it. You want five minutes? Take me five minutes. I'll tell you everybody. I'll tell you exactly why I disagree with this. I agree with this. Why I hate this. And why I hate that. And why I hate that. I'll tell you what. See, 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 sometimes it's very easy. It's very easy to just go ahead and let that strength and let it all out and be so strong and be so dogmatic and be so things. And I'm not saying that you don't stand up for what's right. Don't put words in mouth. But sometimes it's easy to let more of the Adrian come out than it is the Holy Spirit of God come out. And sometimes it's harder to put the brakes on. Let somebody say something about your faith. You go in a corner and you pray for them. Then, then somebody belittles something. See, you know, I call it crazy. But do you know what I want? You know, I, I, we don't have the opportunity to put our kids in different things, but we were trying to get our, learn, teach our kids how to swim and do different things. And I was like, I want Jasmine to tell her faith. I, I want people to laugh at her. You're a horrible dad. No, I want people to. I remember the teenager, somebody taking the track that I gave to them and ripping it in front of my face. Yes, sir. But I want to protect him. No, 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 no. No. Listen, what is this Christian life? What is this? A cakewalk, baby? Wait, wait, what is this? What's counting the cost? Walking on eggshells? I'm not saying put our kids in danger. I'm just saying, but a little ha, ha, ha for standing up for Jesus Christ is just fine. I want to submit to I know it's not popular. What should be our response to our current political climate? Submission. Let's pray. Father in heaven.